Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I love Richmond hardcore. I love New Jersey hardcore. And I love New York hardcore. Shout out Mad. Shout out The Answer. If you guys have never heard those bands, please, I encourage you, hit pause on the podcast, boot up your Spotify, your Bandcamp, your Apple Music app, whatever it is, and listen to those bands. Two awesome bands doing it right now. So if you're unfamiliar, listen to that podcast and then come back, or excuse me, pause the podcast, go listen to those bands, and then come back here. Uh, Talking to Eric was really fun, super down-to-earth, chill guy, love talking to him, just love getting to know people outside of my local area that are into hardcore just as much as I am. It's always a treat for me just because I know there's tons of people out there who love it and are interesting. That's why I do this podcast. I just want to talk to interesting people that share the same passion and love that I do for hardcore and other things that I'm interested in. So please, without further ado, welcome Eric to the podcast. All right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Awesome. What's up, man? Uh, not happy much. To be here, oh, dude. Thank you. Um, I, it definitely means a lot. I'm, uh, you know, happy uh, when people are happy to be here because I definitely respect people's time and when people are willing to take the time out of their schedule to come on the podcast, it definitely means a lot to me. Uh, I'm not doing anything more important, so here I am. <laughs> okay. Well, um. You play, um, to my knowledge, in uh, two bands currently, um, Mad and The Answer? Yes. Yep. Just those two for now. Okay. And um, so before we started recording, you were talking about um, you grew up in Connecticut and then you moved to Richmond? Um, so I, I basically, I was born in Connecticut um, in New Haven, but uh, my family moved down to Richmond when I was five or six. Um, so I basically grew up in Richmond, uh, in like the West end of Richmond, kind of like the, the suburbs right outside of it. Okay. Uh, I've never been to Richmond before, so I'm always curious what it's like. Oh shit. Dude, it's awesome. I mean, it's like, uh, I'm surprised that you've never been to like United blood or something like that, but, uh, it's, um, it's all, I mean, it's like a great place to grow up. West end where I grew up is like super, quiet um like very calm and then it's only like a 15 minute drive really from uh from like downtown richmond like bcu area um so i went to high school in the west end grew up there but then kind of uh as i you know started making friends in high school like they started inviting me to come downtown uh to like different events and that's kind of that's kind of how i got into hardcore and everything um, just starting to go downtown with them. So it's, it's an amazing place, honestly. Like it's like the cheapest place to live. Like quality of life is really high. That's crazy to hear. I, I definitely have to check out it at some point. Cause when I, I, th- I think of Richmond, um, obviously the, the bands that come to mind, like to me are like down to nothing. And then, uh, this, uh, band 1033. Oh, wow. That's uh 1033. That's like blood and ink records. Um, I actually am like, like acquaintance type friends with the old singer of that band. 
That's crazy. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're aware of who they are because um, I hate having to explain who they are to people because it's just, uh, um, it's, it was so long ago. So, but, but it's cool that, that you know who they I'm are. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that that was like one of your go to bands from Richmond because I feel like not even like a lot of the younger generation in Richmond, I feel like would not know who that band is or even older, honestly. It was kind of, that's kind of like a deep cut, you know? Okay, well, for anybody listening, if you're not familiar with 1033, you should just go take the time and check them out. An awesome band from Richmond. Yeah, they're great. So when you mentioned um, you got into hardcore when you started going downtown with your friends, the people that you're going down there with, were they already into hardcore or did you guys all kind of get into it at the same time? Um, Yeah, so it was kind of like people from my high school. Um, It's like weirdly enough like a lot of people with hardcore involvement um went to my high school freeman like uh ace who sings in mad and sang in breakaway books a bunch of shows in richmond he went to freeman uh rashad who plays uh drums in brace war uh cuts hair at high point he went to freeman and so it was really just like um yeah, just kind of falling in with the right people in high school where they, I mean, I was like straight up just like a bro in for most of high school. I was just like a stock like dude. I didn't, I wasn't into like any like, like alternative music or anything like that. Um, like I, I went straight from like, like being into classic rock uh, that like my parents would play into like, kind of being almost immediately getting into hardcore because that's what I was first introduced. Like I didn't, I didn't really have like a metalcore phase or like an alt rock phase, how, you know, some people have when they like transition into it. Yeah. Or pop um, punk. Just because I was kind of put onto hardcore immediately. Okay. That, and how older were you at, at that point? Uh, so this would be, I was, I guess, sophomore year. Um, so I guess that would be, I don't know, like, what are you like 16? Yeah, you're a sophomore in high school. 17. Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Okay, that, that's interesting. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, kind of, I kind of like made friends, and they they would always be like, I, I noticed like they'd be wearing shirts for bands like Down to Nothing and like Swamp Thing was another big one at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they they kind of just started inviting me to shows, and I'd always like come up with an excuse not to go because I just wanted to stay home and kind of chill and play video games but uh yeah they started bringing me to i think i actually before i went to hard uh, before i went to like a proper hardcore show i went to see municipal waste um like the thrash band and that was like my first like like metal or like alternative music concert at all if you're familiar with them yes i'm familiar with them uh when you first went to your first hardcore show when you saw people moshing, uh, how did you feel? Did you think it was like crazy, like really aggressive? Like, were you like, like into the idea of doing that? Or like, I remember how you felt that night. I dude, it, it was crazy. So that, that was like the first time I saw people mosh in person was at that municipal waste show. And I actually got hit with a trash can that someone threw. Oh, wow. Um, and I, and I was like, Whoa, this is sick. Like, I was like, this shit's, this shit's crazy. Like, I, I don't know. I was like, like I said, kind of raised in this, like a little bit sheltered, like, like beautiful, clean, pristine, uh, suburban environment. So that was like, 
kind of my first exposure into like you know something a little more grimy and like just like alternative to the, to the standard or to the norm um so I, I was pretty like pretty hooked from there um and so yeah I, w- I went to like a couple thrash shows um but then the first like har- like pure hardcore show that comes to mind that I went to was uh 2009 and it was uh down to nothing headlined with uh pushing on which is a virginia beach band and uh steel nation uh and get real from the jersey shore and uh it was like a three dollar back to school jam show um and i was like immediately hooked from there on like i i don't think i missed i i legitimately don't think i missed another show like like going like through graduating high school going into college and through graduating college like i don't think i missed another hardcore show until i started like full-time work upon graduating uh college damn that's wild that's like real dedication i i i feel going back to that night when you got hit with a trash can that could have gone either yeah. like one of two ways like you know either the way it did and you being really into it and uh, actually sticking around or yeah. just getting hit and be like, what the fuck is this? I'm never coming back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And well, it's, it's funny you say that also because like, it was like, especially in that time period in Richmond, like even after that night and going to my first show, um, you know, I, I pull up and I'm wearing like, I don't know, wearing like cargo shorts and like looking like a dumbass, like, like jock dude and uh i see all these like insane like huge tattooed like crazy people and i i was like this is this doesn't feel safe you know i was like this this feels like a crazy environment like most people are older than me they're like beating the shit out of each other there there were like there were like a lot more fights uh back then at shows in richmond and like people were in general like they would pit like super violently um and i feel like the city had like a reputation for that for a while um and it it was like it was it felt like a little a little scary i guess so like a 17 year old but at the same time i was like this is this is like awesome like the energy is like something i had never really been exposed to before and i was just immediately hooked and going into the show, uh, were you aware of um, what it would be like, or was it all just like a surprise to you as it was unfolding? Uh, kind of like, I mean, I, I had been to like I said, like a couple metal shows, so I figured it would be be a little more like that. Um, but it was it was a little bit of a surprise to me because it was like way more, like the moshing was way more violent. Um, there were a lot more people there, and I was like kind of taken aback by like the sense of community i guess even like being in high school i recognized like that there like all these people knew each other like there were all these like huge groups of friends hanging out and i kind of was like well damn this like i want to be involved in this you know what i mean yeah for sure that that's cool that you're able to notice that like early on because sometimes uh you know in that situation even though you're like you're in a room full of people sometimes uh people could feel like really alone 
just because uh, there, yeah. there could be clicks and stuff. And maybe like since you're newer, you don't know anybody. Um, it, it's uh, really scary to think to go and like introduce yourself to somebody new and be like, hey, like, you know, I'm new here. Like, what's up? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, so I would go with like a couple buddies from high school, um, who, who had been going for like a little bit longer and I met a, a few people through them. Um, but in the beginning, I mean, it was definitely like, I was kind of just there because I, you know, I really like the music and like the energy of the live sets. Like to, I feel like the energy and like live performance is really what sets hardcore apart. So I was like fine with that being the case. And then kind of just over time you know like you keep coming around you'll meet people so that's kind of how it unfolded yeah definitely you, you stick around and you see so many of the same faces at some point you guys have to you know bump shoulders say what's up or something <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and at uh, what point did you uh pick up an instrument like are you like a like a long time musician or did you um pick it up um, after you got into hardcore it's funny like so I started taking guitar lessons, I guess, uh, in middle school. Um, and my mom, like credit where it's due. She's always like been super into music. Like she's pushed me. She, she had like guitars around the house from when she was younger. Um, so I'd always kind of be picking them up and like fiddling with them. But, uh, and so she signed me up for guitar lessons when I was in like middle school and I hated it. I like hated the the instructor. He sucked at teaching how to play guitar. I was like super discouraged. Uh, and so I kind of was just like, okay, like this isn't for me. I'm just going to like play video games with my friends, like sports, whatever. Um, but then I, I kind of like here and there throughout high school, I would like pick up, pick the guitar up again and just like kind of fiddle around. But after going to like a few shows, um, I kind of like, I kind of would see like the songs they were playing and I knew enough about guitar where it kind of clicked in my head where I was like, dude, these, these songs, like for the most part, aren't very hard to play. Like these dudes, like aren't, you know, some crazy like rock star musicians where it's like so intimidating to like even think of getting up there and doing the same thing. I'd be like, these fucking guys are just playing power chords like that's not that hard and uh so i kind of you know thought to myself like maybe i can do that um and also seeing people playing to like huge crowds and like people are moshing singing along and noticing that like the kids playing the songs are my age i was like this is crazy man like you know maybe this is something that could be could be more accessible to me um so i started playing guitar like a little more seriously at that point and uh i actually ended up playing my first like real band was actually like not hardcore at all but it started like with i was playing with other like kind of hardcore kids but we were in like a math rock band kind of like uh like american football type shit um and that i just like had met from playing shows or going to shows um so i started off doing that but the the first like real hardcore band I would say I was in um, was, I don't even know when it started, probably like 2012, 20, yeah, I guess maybe 2012 um, called, at the time it was called Spirit Animal. 
Um, and then we actually put out a record and got sued and had to change our name to Holy Land. But that was like the first like hardcore band I was in. Wait, like really? I feel like you're just glazing over the fact that you got sued. Can you go a little more uh, in detail about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like this, we, I made this band with like, um, it, it was like me, uh, this dude, Tyler who plays guitar and mad now. Um, the singer was this dude Parker, who's like a pretty accomplished, like electronic musician now. Um, the drummer was, uh, played in this dude, Ian, uh, he played in tough luck. If you remember that band, um, they're from Richmond as well. And he also played in uh diamond youth. Um, I remember that man. And yeah. And the bass player Connor plays currently in nosebleed. Um, so it was kind of like an interesting mix of people, but we, uh, yeah, we just started jamming, made this band, called it Spirit Animal. The uh, demo actually like went over pretty well. Um, we, to the point where Six Feet Under, like the record label put it out, um, which we were all like really stoked on because like, you know, like War Hungry, Cold World, some of my favorite bands at the time had records on uh, Six Feet Under. So he put it out and then basically the dude Dave at Six Feet Under hit us up one day and was like, hey, uh, I just got like a cease and desist letter from like a lawyer of this like big ass indie band called Spirit Animal who's saying that you're like stealing their name. Uh, And basically it was like a legitimate threat from like a real law firm for this big indie band that we didn't even know existed. Um, And like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah basically we had like a one month deadline to change our name which sucked and uh ended up changing it to holy land and that's like kind of we like played around uh like we played probably for a couple more years with that name and then uh broke up in like maybe 2015 do you think the name change like uh had any effect on your guys like momentum at all or was it just like a, a little thing that just happened um maybe a little bit of both because it's not like we didn't do any like we with the name holy land like we we still recorded another ep and put it out we did like a full u.s tour played Rainfest, um Rainfest 2013 i think 2014 um which was pretty funny because andrew wk like headline the year we played i remember that year. pretty like yeah it was pretty goofy um and uh yeah and we did like a little tour with like backtrack and home record and stuff so we still did stuff but uh I, it i mean it definitely didn't help <laughs> so that yeah that kind of sucked but kind of a funny story to say that i've been sued before over like hardcore yeah i'm i'm actually i i know dave so i'm i'm picturing him getting that notice uh to cease and desist and him hitting you up yeah dude it was crazy like I was I could not I couldn't believe it was happening from some like shitty indie band. Yeah, man. Okay. I, I, yeah, that, that's funny. We got to find out um, where they're at today. See if they're still around. At, at the time, um, like right after, like right in when we were in the middle of like the name change, I remember they were playing. Like our singer, like looked it up, and they were like playing New York, which is only like five hours from Richmond or six hours maybe. And uh, we we were, like, seriously considering, like, driving up to New York and just pulling up to the venue and, like, beating their asses 
supposed to like be like fuck you guys like you can have the name but we kicked your ass you know yeah <laughs> but uh that that didn't end up happening probably for the best and uh yeah we just changed the name yeah it's something wild they probably would definitely would have like sued you guys after that i feel like you know. <laughs> yeah absolutely that's wild absolutely yeah because i feel like um names like obviously you, you don't want the same name as another active band um or a yeah. band that's like well established but you know you guys were like early stages demo days and this band just had to like you know go and like search you guys out which is strange i don't even know how, like how they're able to find you guys yeah exactly i was just surprised because like it's two totally different genres and like yeah it's it's super hard to pick a name like for a band in general i mean i'm sure there's like like the band i'm in now mutually assured destruction that that is that has to be i'm sure there's like five metal bands with that name but it's like i don't know who cares we do it better so <laughs> that's true uh, can you talk about uh how you joined that band because uh, you guys um put out uh is it the demo um last year or would you call it the the ep um yeah we we put out um a, yeah i guess a demo um and then we like released it on vinyl through a uh, vinyl conflict like uh which is like a local label to richmond and a really kick-ass record store um if you're in like if you're ever in richmond you definitely have to go it's like really sick okay. um but uh yeah we we put that out last year i kind of um so i joined that band from basically like i was in this band breakaway with uh ace who sings for mad i played bass in breakaway and uh he kind of like uh, breakaway broke up just i don't know we we kind of we had been at the band for a long time and it just felt like the right time to to call things quits and uh I think Ace kind of found himself not playing in any bands and was sort of like, this feels wrong. And he wanted to do something else. So he hit, uh, he hit me up to play bass, which I was like super down to do another band with Ace. And he hit up uh, Tyler, who was in the band Holy Land I mentioned before, because he's probably like one of the best, if not the best guitar player I know, um, along with Groder who's like a like Richmond legend. He's been in like every good Richmond band. Um, and then for drums, like our friend JD, who's he played in a reactor four and lost souls. Um, so it just, it came together really easily. Like I think they, they all kind of like wrote the demo. Um, and then like, cause it was a little difficult. I had moved to New York um, by that time. So like actually physically meeting up to like write songs in the beginning was was a challenge um but they they knocked it out we recorded and put it out and it was really easy honestly and you mentioned you moved to new york uh was there a specific reason why you moved to new york like not i don't know it, it a lot of it um was my girlfriend got like she, she had always wanted to move to New York um, and we basically got an opportunity to move into a really cheap room. Uh, like one of my friends had moved up a couple, uh, like a year, maybe half a year before and was just like, hey man, like 
my roommate's leaving. Uh, I don't know what you're doing, but if you want to move up, like here's like a really easy way to do it where you don't have to worry about like finding a place to live. Um, so my girlfriend was kind of like, I'm, I want to do it. And I kind of said, why not? Like, let's, let's change the pace a little bit. Let's try something new. Um, so we, yeah, we moved up, uh, three years ago and it's been great. And uh, three years, that doesn't sound like a long time. Uh, do you feel like you've uh, adjusted well to, um, living in that city? Yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly been great. Like I love Richmond and like, I'll always love it. And, you know, I think like I could easily foresee myself moving back eventually, um, and buying like a house because like the, like the cost of living there is so cheap and especially compared to here where like everything is crazy expensive. But, uh, yeah, I mean, moving up here like has been, has been like a great choice. Like, uh, I got like a job I like a lot. I've got like a bunch of friends. Um, the shows up here are honestly awesome. Like different, different vibe than in Richmond, but they're, they're like packed a lot of the time. Like tons of new kids seem to come out. Um, like a ton of moshing for every band. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's been great all around. And, uh, which part of New York are you in? I'm in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Okay. I have no idea where that is, but I, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was yeah, sure yeah. if you were like on Long Island or like more like in the city. Yeah. You, no, I'm, I'm in the city. Um, it's like, basically I work in like midtown Manhattan and I live like, uh, maybe eight train stops from my job. So it's like relatively right over the, the bridge into Brooklyn. So it's, it's like, I'm right in the thick of it. Okay. When I hear midtown and stuff like that, I, uh, think of this YouTuber that I, um, I'm like obsessed with, uh, he used to live in New York. His name's uh, Casey Neistat and, um, he, he used to yeah. work. Um, he, he like eventually like, um, like moved to Brooklyn and I would always just be seeing, you know, him traveling through uh, the city with like, him on his like boosted board. Um, it was always like pretty interesting <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy place. I'm, I'm like, it's a lot. It's like definitely wasn't an easy adjustment. Um, just with the, it's like expensive to live here. Like the people are crazy. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and I moved out uh, and I moved to Orange County, which is like two hours away, which isn't that far. But uh, it, yeah. it, it's definitely like a whole different world, just uh, like the pace at which everything moves. And um, it, it's like a little more like city life out there. And sometimes I like I, I feel like I, I wish I grew up out there just because there's so many awesome things to do. Um and I, I, I go home and visit and I, I still have family back home in Palm Springs and like one of my best friends lives out there. And it's just really interesting. Like when I go back and it's just like the whole vibe is just way different. And sometimes I, I, I think like how different I would be if I actually grew up in the city. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I have similar, like a similar feeling, I guess when I go back to uh, go back to Richmond to visit, like it's, you know, it's always like, it'll always be like the place I grew up and like, I love it there, but it definitely like, you know, shit changes. Like, honestly, like a lot of my, my, uh, like good friends down there have since moved up to New York. Uh, so it's kind of like, it's been like a, a big migration of Richmonders to New York, it seemed. 
Um, so it's like, it's made my transition up here way easier, but going home, it's kind of, it kind of feels weird sometimes. Cause it's like, you know, living up here feels like home now too. So, so it's different. And, uh, besides the, the band, um, what else brings you back to Richmond? Oh, uh, just my family. My, my parents still live in the West end of, of Richmond. So, you know, I'll go down for holidays or, um, stuff like that. Okay. And, uh, have you ever gone back to New Haven? Um, yeah. So I've, I've still got family, uh, still got family in Connecticut. So I'll go, I'll like go visit my aunts or and uncles like in New Haven. I've got family all over the Northeast kind of. So, which is cool. Cause like I've got family that lives like right up on the border of Maine. So I'll like go up there for a weekend or like, um, yeah, it's, it's like, an easy way to travel, just going to go to visit people. So I'll, I'll get out there every once in a while. I, I remember I went to New York with some friends. Uh, it, was, it was a couple of years ago and I was really curious to see if uh, New Haven's pizza was actually better than um, New York pizza. And yeah, um, I don't remember uh, what it was, but I remember we got into New Haven like pretty late and like we were staying at like an Airbnb yeah. and I just didn't want to do anything, even though like the whole time, yeah. like I, I built up in my mind, I was going to go get pizza and, uh, <laughs> you know, have like my own opinion. But like we got to the Airbnb yeah. and like my, my friends like went to some strip club in New Haven and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like I'm going to sleep. I was like, I'm just too tired to do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I was curious that. Like pizza wise, does New Haven have better pizza than New York? Oh, this is a hard question. Um, and I feel like I can't answer right. Uh, but all right, I will say, I think Frank Pepe's Pizza in New Haven and Modern's Pizza in New Haven is the best pizza I've ever had. But it is different than like like it's so different tasting than like the hit new york spots like probably my two favorite places in new york are like uh prince street um prince street pizza and spumoni garden um and there and it's just like the whole style is like way different so it's hard to say which is better but uh e- either way i'm definitely eating good up here so i can't complain Okay, so when I went to New York, my only experiences with pizza is I like we had an Airbnb in Harlem and I got pizza from like some random bodega. It was like the weirdest spot. It was like bulletproof glass and they were serving like chicken tenders. Oh, yeah. Like random. So I I got pizza from there and that was like whatever, not good. And then we were uh, in Brooklyn and we went to this place called Best Pizza. It's owned by some guy who um, has like a series on YouTube with munchies, Frank Pinello. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. that pizza was good, but I'm just kind of like, I don't think I had enough pizza in New York to like really determine like, you know, what New York pizza really is. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard figuring out the, the right spot. Yeah, so I feel like at some point I, I have to get back out there and try it out. Dude, yeah, ne- next time next time you come up, hit me up and I'll I'll point you in the right direction. We'll get some pizza. Yeah, because I, at the time, I only had uh, one friend in New York, and he lives, or okay. I'm, I'm not sure if he still lives there anymore, because I think he, because um, I know he's moving, or mo- already moved, uh, he uh, lives on Long Island, but when I was in New York, he was in California, so it was just like, okay, I'm in New York, I don't really know anybody, besides the people that I was there with. Yeah, 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 
it's it's very it's it's hard like honestly i didn't so i had been i had visited um like quite a few times like uh through like college i'd come up um and then after college like i'd come up to new york with like my girlfriend or or anything like that and it was always fun but um i could never like picture myself living here until kind of like having other friends move up or like making friends who i'd visit and they'd kind of show me like more of the local you know not the touristy shit and i was like wow this is like you know i feel like then i was getting like the new york experiences that like you know people talk about where it's like such an amazing city so it's it's kind of hard to get off the beaten path sometimes and and see like the best summer has to offer until you make some of those connections yeah cuz we literally just did like all the stuff we see in the movies and <clears throat> yeah and, like i, I literally <laughs> yeah and I, I was just so over it like i i think i had more fun in like the cvs than like uh yeah just like walking around because there's just so many people i was like this is just this is yeah, just too man. crazy for me i was like this is wild i want to get out of here yeah it it is definitely it's definitely crazy like sometimes uh especially when i first moved here i would like walk out the door and just immediately it's like horns honking and like i could the you know the train the subway like above ground subway like so fucking loud and like people screaming on the street and there's i'm surrounded by like 50 people all the time and i was like dude this is i i don't like it but uh it slowly it slowly grew on me over like that first year i was living here to where i really love it up here now so you moved to new york uh outside of work like did you have to like try to find like new hobbies or were you just trying to like um doing what you did back in Richmond but just in New York um yeah i mean it it was it definitely was a little strange because i was so comfortable in Richmond i had like a go to group of friends i had at the time uh breakaway was like the the band i was doing and uh so like going from all that to having to like kind of you know, make a new like place for myself up here was strange. Um, especially with like, I mean, breakaway was still a band. Um, so I would be like traveling back down to Richmond, like kind of often, um, to play shows with them. But, uh, you know, it wasn't quite the same as, as being down there. So I, uh, that kind of led me to, uh, actually making like with my friend Daniel, we, uh, started, uh, the band answer up here. Um, just like, it, I felt like I had like kind of a, you know, like you, like you said, I, I had to like find a new hobby or like, like something to fill the time outside of work. So, um, other than just like chilling with friends at like the coffee shop, you know? So I, uh, yeah, I guess, maybe last spring or like maybe two like two winters ago um we started him and i started uh playing together and trying to write music for that so that kind of has helped help fill some of the time for sure and is that somebody you'd met after you moved to new york or did you already have that relationship beforehand um i met daniel from he's actually from ohio um, so I met Daniel cause he booked a show on a breakaway tour. Um, so I met him at that and kind of like kept up a little bit, um, through like Instagram and stuff like that. 
But and then he kind of hit me up one day and was like, uh, "Yo, like I'm moving to New York, um, so like hit me up if you want to hang out." <laughs> and then he hit me up again and was like, "Yo, I'm in New York. Uh, let's hang out." So we started chilling, um, and he was kind of like, "Yo, I, you know, I really wanna, I wanna do a band again." Um, and so it was kind of as easy as that. And Daniel's actually like a crazy good guitar player. Um, and so he kind of came to me with like all these like sick riffs and songs that he had just been like hoarding out in Ohio, I guess. And, uh, was basically like, yo, he, like, I basically, he basically came to me with like a demo's worth of songs. Um, so we, it, we kind of put it together pretty quickly. And you were playing or you play bass for Mad and, um, and the answer was it always you um being a guitar player right off the bat or did you have any idea on what you're going to do um yeah so i play bass and mad and yeah i play guitar in the answer um i think that was kind of just from like him and i would meet up just him and me um and both playing guitar to try to like write the songs and then we got linked up with uh aj and matt from blind justice uh play bass and drums in the answer and aj is like the best bass player and musician i think I, i've ever met so there's like he's obviously gonna play bass you know <laughs> and uh so i just stuck to guitar and then we uh got um brandon st genos who used to play in heavy chains um we got him on guitar and he's like really sick of guitar like I, every time I would see him play or fill in for a band, I'd like always kind of take a mental note. Like this dude is just like killing it, like holding it down on like rhythm guitar, just such a solid player. So uh, it just kind of it made sense to like hit him up to play in it. So it came together like really organically. Um, and they're like, it's kind of hard because they're, they're down in Jersey and me and Daniel are up in, up in Brooklyn. So it's like kind of hard to get together to practice and write, but uh we're kind of we're starting to do like a little bit more this year so we've got like a few shows lined up which i'm happy about oh is there any that you can talk about right now yeah we're um we're playing the choice to make uh record release um i guess that's next friday assuming the the coronavirus doesn't cancel it um so we've got that. We've got, um, we're actually in the process of finalizing like a weekend tour with a choice to make, um, which should be cool. Like kind of actually going out to the Midwest. Um, we haven't been in a while. And then we've got a show in Syracuse with Blind Justice in like a couple months. And uh, we've got a show in Brooklyn in a couple weeks. So we, we've got like a little bit, a little bit of a schedule coming up. Okay. Um, to be honest, I, uh, it totally went over my head. I, I, I know that I, I saw you guys on the choice to make record release flyer. Yeah. Um, but that's sick. I love choice to make Uh shout out, uh, Nate Prosciutti and everybody else in the yeah. band. But dude, yeah, that, that lineup for that record release is insane. It's crazy. That's, I'm so stoked. Mind forces on it. They're like, like hands down. I think one of the best hardcore bands out now, if not just ever. So I'm really stoked on that choice to make rocks like the new record sick. I've been friends with Nate for like years now. Uh, he's in strength for a reason as well. And so he would like, like 
strength for a reason would always like put on for Holy Land a lot. Like I've been playing shows in in Wilkes Bear with uh, Holy Land or Breakaway for probably like seven or eight years now. That was like a consistent place to go on tour. Um, so it's like I'm I'm glad that that connections remained. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with your guys' uh, two newer bands. I, I think it's awesome that you guys had that relationship in the past and it's still going strong today. Yeah, that, that's that been like a, a really cool cool part about starting both uh, MAD and The Answer has been like h- hardcore, I think it's different from a lot of music in the sense of that like if you kind of like put the time in and like people recognize that like you know you're you're like not in it just for you're like in the scene for the right reasons and not just like passing through and uh you know over the years you make connections you play with other bands you start bands bands break up um but like the connections with people that you make in other bands like those will like last forever and it's just sick like as corny as it sounds it's like sick that you know like we I started we started these new bands and it's like we've really gotten like a helping hand from from like a ton of people throughout the community whether it's like making art for us or like putting us on shows giving us a chance or even just like taking the time to listen because there's so much music that comes out now like I'm just happy that anyone like gives a shit and will like take the time to like check it out at the very least so it's it's been great and yeah really thankful yeah, I I definitely uh, agree with what you're talking about. I uh, spent uh, like some time in, in the hardcore scene, uh, just n- try like battling getting jaded and just not really wanting to meet new people. And yeah, uh, I sometimes uh, find myself like kicking myself in the butt for uh, doing that. And um, I sometimes wish I would have started doing this podcast like a lot sooner because I've just yeah uh, like I've, I've been doing like I started like n- not so serious in like the end of 2017. Um, but then like the mm-hmm. past like, uh, you know, year or like going on like two years, uh, been like taking it like way more serious. And just like the people that I've met through just doing this and you know people willing to help me out behind the scenes and eventually meeting people in person at shows and just having those real relationships it's like super awesome and i just don't even know why i you know back then i was just so negative about things and just didn't want to meet people um yeah uh, yeah but it's definitely uh true like i do this and like i and even just like me just um, being like uh, observant and like you know listening to bands and finding out people uh, who've been in bands forever break up, but then they've always had like, you know, new things just kind of like trickling in and yeah, these relationships do go a long way. So it's, it's definitely awesome to uh, see that, like, you know, not just in my relationships with people, but like, you know, the, my friends with other people, just like meeting them and like, you know, just kind of learning the history. It, it's really awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Just like, um, just like the huge, like web of like connections and friends, like, you can make in this like little subgenre, like it, it's just wild to think that like this like I just happened to go to these shows in high school that like legitimately would have an impact on the rest of my life in terms of like the people I met and like yeah it's just crazy it's like here I am like living in New York and the people I hang out with and like I've been all over the world now with 
people that I've met just from going to hardcore shows. So like, it's it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a trip because when I first got into hardcore uh, by my my sister suggesting me bands, I, I never thought that, that it would have taken me places that I've gone. And I yeah, I I started to do more traveling like to fest like more recently. Like I've done it a couple times in the past, but um, now that I I have friends who actually are down to do it with me, it's like way more fun that way. Cause like I'll travel, yeah, around, for sure. Um, which is fine, but it's just way more fun when your friends are there with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like even uh, I remember travel. Like the first fest I went to was United Blood in Richmond, but uh, just because it's in my, it was in my backyard. But uh, like <clears throat> I would go with friends out up to like uh, Philly for this is hardcore, um, and I was like, it was like the first time I went there, it was like sick. I was like huge venue i was like this is crazy man like four days or something like that of just like not of like non-stop hardcore bands it, it was like it was just crazy <laughs> yeah and you think about that run for this is hardcore like four days does sound like a really long time it, it, it's awesome uh but also madness that they're able to pull <laughs> that a off a lot yeah <laughs> it is a lot of music like i i think for me and maybe it's just because i'm like 28 and just like pretending to be an old man but like like for three even three even a two-day fest i'm like damn man like i don't want to stand here and watch all these bands like even if i even if i love the bands playing i'm like holy shit like i just need to leave (laughs) like after a while i need to go sit down and just chill somewhere yeah, when I hear the words after show, I just like nope, I oh, don't want to do that's it. That's the worst. <laughs> like shout a huge shout out to the people who who like have the stamina and like are so jazzed on it where they're like, yeah, yeah, like this after show is like starting at 11 p.m. I've been at the fest all day and I'm still going to go cuz like that's sick, but that's definitely not me. <laughs> so shout out to you guys who who keep it going, but yeah, I'll never forget. It was a at this point, it's like two years ago. Yeah, definitely two years ago. I it was a Sound of Fury after show, and I was waiting yeah. for um waiting for Eco Strike to play, and like four bands got added to the after show that was already booked with like I think like three bands. Uh-oh. So I'm just like wait wait. wait. Yeah. I'm like four bands got added, and I was just like all right, well there's no other choice and then like the show started like and, and this is okay it was an after show but the after show started late because the first band setting up had like technical difficulties yep. so always yeah so it, it was like like around like 1 a.m like like that show started so late and ran so late that um one of my friends was able to go to another after show across town and make <laughs> it to our after show and it was still going on it was it was insane that's incredible yeah i think i think um two two united bloods ago they they had a big um after show at this like punk like diy venue at the warehouse uh and it's called the warehouse in richmond and uh they i don't think i think god's hate headlined and i don't think god's hate played until like or maybe build and destroy headlined either way the, the headlining band did not play until I think I heard two thirty or like three in the morning and there were still people there. So like, cause I saw, you know, people would post videos of the band and I was like, y'all are crazy for like 
like you're you're moshing to a band at 3 a.m like good for you guys but <laughs> that's wild yeah it's like i don't think i've ever done that i think i've been in bed <laughs> be in bed yeah because it yeah, yeah. And it, it's all fun because obviously uh when it surrounds a fest it, it's something just fun being in like that atmosphere but i, yeah. I do get really exhausted especially um because uh like sound fury last year was friday saturday with like after shows and i uh work really early in the morning so i literally worked okay. worked that friday went straight to sound and fury and then there was the after show and i was just dead i was like i, I remember we got yeah. back to like our airbnb and we like um, use Postmates to get food, and I passed out before the food even got there. And I was so mad because I woke up. <laughs> they had to wake you up to eat. No, nobody woke me up. So I, I woke up the next oh, morning. Those are bad friends. Yeah, I, I, I woke up the next morning. My food was like super cold, and I was just like, I was just so grumpy. I was like, this sucks. Damn, that's messed up. Yeah, that's it's. I, I sounded fury last year looked so sick, and I was so sad that I didn't go. I was. It's crazy because I was actually just on normal vacation um, in San Diego at the same time. I just like was chilling and was like, eh, you know, it's a hardcore fest. I've been to a lot now and I, I don't really feel like, uh, feel like going up there and like having to be a whole thing. But then I started seeing videos and I was just like caking myself for not, for not making a trip up the, up to go. Dang. Uh, and you, you were in San Diego were you just down there like visiting friends or did you just wanted to vacation there? Cause you like it down there. I basically, uh, my girlfriend and I had just gotten like mad cheap tickets, like, like months prior. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's just so, and then, you know, like a month after we got those tickets, then sound and fury was announced and it was like, happened to be the same weekend. So just like, a, like a crazy coincidence of timing. That's wild. Uh, it was definitely an experience. Uh, I I know we're like on the cusp of like the the next announcement or the the first announcement of the new year. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see who's on the bill and uh, where it's going to be. Yeah, seriously, I I like it. It's kind of crazy because like I you know right now um, as we're speaking, like I feel like the the whole coronavirus thing is really like fucking up so many shows tours fests like it it's it's definitely a shame like i you know i hope it i don't think by the time sound of fury happens hopefully it, it won't be it won't affect something like that like this far in advance but uh yeah i mean i i'd love to go so yeah i'm, I'm really surprised at how crazy things have gotten like i'm uh yeah like huge fan of disneyland so i yeah uh you know got the news yesterday that uh disneyland's going to close on saturday um from saturday until like the end of the month which is insane because since disneyland's been open like they've only closed like three different times and uh, yeah yeah it's just insane just to like get that kind of news because uh yeah I, I think about that coronavirus and, you know, there was a lot of memes and jokes, but then it starts like, you know, occupying things that you're like, involved with and you're like, holy shit, like this is actually like, like real deal, like, exactly. like an issue. Dude, I was, I was joking about it, like, like tweeting all this bullshit, like joking about it, like, oh, it's not that serious. And then like, you know, fast forward two weeks and it's like, oh shit, like there's like a hundred some cases in New York City and like, now uh the governor i guess has put out some sort of like you know state of emergency rule where it's like 
like no gatherings of over 500 people. And uh, so MAD is on Black and Blue Bowl this year with like Gorilla Biscuits and all these other awesome bands. But I'm worried now that like if this doesn't clear up by then, uh, you know, will that affect, will like it have to be canceled or same thing with like United Blood, like Richmond doesn't have a lot of cases right now, but you know, the fest is only in a couple weeks and shit does not seem to be getting better. So like, I'm hoping for the best, but it would really suck to have all these like sick fests with like all these crazy lineups. Um, like I think to me, in terms of my personal taste, I think like the United Blood lineup this year is like perfect. Um, so I'd be like super bummed for that to be canceled. So I'll have to wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully not. I, I, cause you, you, you gotta think about like everybody that's involved, everybody playing, like they all carved out, you know, time for the fest. So for it to get canceled, oh there's just like, yeah. yeah, it's so much like loss there. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Ace, uh, who sings for MAD has like, uh, has a part of United Blood and putting it on. Uh, he does like all the social media and the promotion stuff. Uh, and then like, like braces who sing for brace war and foster, uh, who owns high point. Like they've all put so much effort into booking United Blood this year and like making it like the sickest lineup. So like I, I'm really crossing my fingers into hoping that like their work and their effort will, you know, not be in vain. Yeah, for sure. Just to see uh, that happen, it, it would just be such a bummer. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and I, I got to make it out there at some point because, yeah, like when I grew up in Palm Springs, and I, I've said this before, but the the best show to ever come through our city, um, it, it happened in Indio at the castle. It was blacklisted, cast aside, and down to nothing. And it was such, wow. yeah, it was such an awesome show. And like, seriously, to this day, like, like we've had, you know, a day to remember come through suicide silence, uh, yeah. a ton of awesome other bands, but seriously, that lineup, that show is the best to ever happen out here. That's, that's a sick line. Like, uh, cast aside, you know, being from Richmond is like, like one of my favorite hardcore bands. It's like potentially my favorite straight edge band. Okay. Um, and like, DTN, obviously, like hometown heroes. Um, Black, I fucking love Blacklisted. So that that's sick. That's a crazy tour, especially at that time. Yeah, yeah, it, it was wild, and I I couldn't believe it was coming through, and but it was super sick. Yeah, yeah. The um the old guitarist of uh, Breakaway, um, the band I was in, was uh, actually in Cast Aside. Oh really? So we we would uh yeah yeah Lagan, he's like he's fucking awesome. Um, but we would uh every once in a while like we played an edge day in atlanta uh and at united blood a couple times we we busted out the cast aside cover um so i was always like we, we were always so amped to do that just because everyone in the band like loves cast aside so yeah dude that's super sick to hear i i, I had no idea that um uh, you guys had a member of cast aside in that band yeah yeah he played in cast aside um dead serious um, like, which is like another like Richmond band at the time, kind of. Um, Hato Four. I'm trying to remember. All the, he's he was just in like so many different like like OG Richmond bands. He's he's a legend. So uh, speaking of, about um, your other band, Mad, you guys are uh, doing a like a Edge Day weekend, or it's not me Edgewood weekend. Excuse me. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're going out with uh, going out with Outsider, um, our friends Outsider and Red Vision, which I'm really stoked on. Like, those are all our homies. Like, I talk to those fools every day. Um, and like Red Vision, I love Red Vision. We Breakaway actually went out to California with them. Um, and it was the first time playing the West Coast, and I was really stoked because almost every show we played, they smoked Breakaway. It was like Dead Heat headlining, and then Breakaway would play, and then Red Vision would like open. Mm-hmm. But their sets were just like almost always better than ours, which like I was just happy to see like the younger. It's cool seeing like the younger generation of of hardcore kids in your scene, like kind of grow up and start like writing kick-ass music and like take your place you know what i mean like it's it's a weird feeling but it's like cool it like makes me happy you know what i mean it's like continuing the uh it's like continuing the movement kind of yeah especially like from your guys area and i I feel like that's a good mindset because uh like there's people out there that would see that and get jealous which is like really bad yeah yeah no it's it's not it's like absolutely nothing but like it's not you know it's like it's crazy like seeing people get competitive over like success for their friends is like such a weird look like no one i no one i'm like cool no one i'm friends with like ever has had that attitude which i'm really happy for i mean it's it's always good to be like competitive and want to play your best and like you know do the best that you you can at at your hobby but uh at the end of the day if it's your friends and they're succeeding then like everyone's succeeding so yeah it's it's been really cool seeing like any of the younger richmond bands like downfall uh outsider red vision um like any any of those guys like putting out music it's been really cool and like edgewood the record label like huge shout out to craig and scott um for like you know taking the the risk to put the records out and just being like super supportive and yeah, uh, downfall, uh, and red vision, awesome bands. And I, I actually know, uh, Jamie Davis from outsider. He, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Oh, that's sick. I, I, Oh, I feel like, uh, I'm in like, I'm in this like group chat with like all these people. And, uh, I kind of remember him mentioning that, but I don't think I, I don't think I checked it out at the time. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. Yeah, um, he's actually uh, scheduled to come on in, like, I think, like, two weeks. Like, him and Dewey are, are going to come on and talk about their newer band. Oh, dude, uh, No Other Way, I think is the name, uh, right? Yes. No, yeah, 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 that's it. They're, yeah, they're they're sick. Dewey rocks. He was in uh, Breakaway as well, so, like, that's, like, my good friend. Yeah, like, I, I remember... Uh, uh, Jamie hit me up and he was like, Hey, uh, check this out. So he, he like showed me the, um, the newer stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And like, I had no idea that, um, he was uh, doing another band like, uh, yeah. th- that wasn't outsider. Cause I, I think outsider is awesome as well. Like that last record they put out is sick. Yeah. I, I just wish they would. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just wish they would come out West at some point. Yeah. I'm like, I I'm stoked to, to play shows with them. Cause I, I've like, even, going back and forth to Richmond a lot, I like haven't gotten the chance to, to see them do their thing. Um, like very often, I think I've only seen them once live. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm stoked that, uh, stoked to check them out. Yeah. And I, I'm stoked that you guys have that, uh, Wilkes-Barre date. Cause that, 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 that lineup looks pretty sick. 
But Wilkes-Barre, I think, is right now probably my favorite place to play. So I'm, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm really stoked on that. So it'll it'll be cool for uh, like, I don't know, like uh, since the answers playing there too, like uh, our label who put out the answer record is like Wilkes-Barre based. Um, so like it's uh, the label's Dark Medicine. It's um, the dude Matt Wren's label. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's like been super good to the band and like putting out a hardcore band because it's like more it's more of like like a like a rap label actually we're the only hardcore band on it so uh <laughs> it was kind of a risk for him but yeah so we we i've got like a bunch of connections to wilkes Bear. so that'll that'll be cool both of those shows i'm really excited for yeah yeah it sounds awesome i I've never been there either, but uh, definitely going to make it out to Wilkes-Barre at some point too. Hell yeah, definitely should. Yeah, uh, and uh, speaking about uh, Dark Medicine, yeah, I definitely like the stuff that he's doing. I I, I saw he did that uh, like Have Heart stuff a while back, and then he just did those One Step Closer yeah. hoodies. Um, so it's it's definitely cool to see him helping out the also like the local scene, but also, um, you know, like with you guys and taking that chance and doing something a little different. I I obviously think it's cool when people are willing to take that chance to step out and do something different. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I was just like, I was surprised. I mean, we just put the demo out and like had played like a show, maybe two shows. And, uh, Matt, like I've been friends with him for a long time, but he hit me up about putting it out on vinyl. And I was like, if you're sure, like, like you know he puts out like uh he does it with um a guy from like wikifaze and these like much bigger groups who are like you know gonna be moving a lot more units and like they tour a lot and they do all the, all this and that so i was just stoked that he, he he's like you know so down for hardcore that like even if it's a smaller band he's like willing to to take the chance and put out a record i think that's like really cool yeah, definitely shout out to him for doing something like that because uh, we need more people like that, you know, doing cool stuff for, for hardcore and just taking those chances and putting things out. Exactly. So uh, the answer, uh, do you guys um, have any plans to put out a new record this year? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, we we actually <laughs> practiced for like the first time in months, uh, like a week ago i guess last weekend mm-hmm. um and we wrote like a couple new songs which was cool so hopefully we'll like do more of that and be productive mm-hmm. yeah i i think that would be cool just because just got to keep that because i I, th- I think it's cool uh and when bands like just it doesn't have to be uh like a full record every year but i feel like um it's always cool if, if they could at least just consistently just drop at least one like new thing a year even if it's like a promo tape or ep agree yeah just to kind of stay relevant yeah yeah you can't exactly you you, it's like it's like you can't expect people to keep caring about like a demo um especially now like like i feel like you'd see bands where they you know they could put out a demo and just like crush it only on the demo like um like naysayer from richmond i'm pretty sure they went to Europe, like they did like full US's and went to Europe only off a demo and maybe a seven inch, which like now I feel like it's so different because you have so much like new music constantly flooding the market 
that to stay relevant at all, you constantly have to be like putting your name out there, you know, like new music, like uh, playing shows like a lot, just like, just to keep your name like relevant. So I think, I think you're right. That's like super important. Cause like, why should people care if you're not on the other side of the coin, putting the effort in and like writing new music and like, yeah, like pushing your name. You know, I, I totally forgot about Naysayer. I wish they would uh, do more. Uh, I'm me, not sure. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've definitely told the story before on the podcast, but it was uh, Sam and Fury 2009. Uh, I, I can't remember which day it was, but I, I remember I, I saw some guys walking around wearing uh, Naysayer tank tops. And this is when like tank tops were, yeah. were, were, were in. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like super stoked. I was like, uh, I was like, yo, like, where'd you guys get that? And they're like, oh, like you like naysayer? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I think that band's like super sick. And they're like, oh, all right, cool. Like, if, if you like naysayer, just like make sure to stay um, after a Swamp Thing set because they're gonna play a couple songs. And I remember like just oh, like shit. yeah, and I remember really thinking like, holy shit, like that's awesome. So sure enough, like we we stuck around after Swamp Thing and like naysayer hopped up and played like two songs and it was just like super cool. And eventually they had those tank tops for sale and I actually still have it. It's like somewhere like in one of my drawers. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. They're, they're like, they, all those dudes rock breakaway went on a, uh, on a weekend with them a couple of years ago. And it was just like a blast. Like all the shows were sick. They're, they're, they're awesome. Like that was, I think at one point, um, going to shows like throughout college, uh, in Richmond, I, I would like, kind of keep tally of like the the bands that i had seen the most Mm -hmm. and within like like maybe three or four years i think if i remember right i had seen naysayer 28 or 29 times over in that like three or four year period so i was just like like they were just like a like that music was just like a part of my life for that time because i was like oh like I just saw them so often. I was like, this I'm this is like the most familiar music to me now. But they're they're great. I'm like I'm glad that they they only play every once in a while, but I'm always glad that they're like kind of still doing it, you know. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I I definitely get that. And that time period when you said that you saw them twenty eight times at any point, did you ever feel like uh there's like an oversaturation of like naysayer shows or um were you just like about it like every single time and you didn't care that they were playing <laughs> I think honestly at the time I was like I was just about it every time. I was like this is fucking sick. I love this band. <laughs> and like uh yeah, I don't know. I was just like uh, you know when when you first get into hardcore, I feel like almost everyone has like like almost like a honeymoon phase with it where it's like I would just like any opportunity to see bands like I it doesn't matter if I saw them like two weeks ago like I'm still going like I will pay to go see the same shit again over and over just because it's a hardcore show like doesn't matter who's playing you know so it was just like I was just happy there was there were always shows going on it didn't didn't really matter who was playing that's uh I, I definitely do remember that mindset, but now that I'm a little older, I'm I'm not like picky when, when it comes to shows. It's just like yeah. I hope shows don't land on like the days where I have to get up like super early because it's yeah. just like I do like that that mental battle. Like, huh? Do I uh, you know just stay out late and have a shitty day at work and then go <laughs> home and sleep and then waste that whole day? And then it's basically like I'm down like a full day of like productivity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it, well, you just get older and you have more, it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. I mean, like my old job, 
even my job now, like I have to wake up at seven, you know, in my old job in Richmond, I'd have to be, I'd have to be at work at seven and it was mm-hmm. 30 minute drive from where I lived. So it's like, it's just like you get older and there's like that cost benefit analysis of like, okay, like I'm going to feel like shit. Like if I do this and you kind of have to pick and choose. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it kind of sucks getting older <laughs> and having to deal with shit like that. But yeah, but then oh well. there's also those times where it's just like, it's just no question. It's like, no, I'm going to that show. Like, I don't care that I work the next day. Like, fuck it. The show's just too awesome oh, to pass up, you know? Yep. There was a, I specifically remember one time um, in Richmond. I, so like, I don't know, you know, what the scene was like where you were growing up, but in Richmond, it's kind of, I feel like it's a little more cohesive now, but it used to be, I always got the sense of like, all right, like there's a hardcore, like hardcore scene. And that would be like the DTN, Naysayer, Swamp Thing, Fire and Ice, uh, Brace War, like that sort of community would be one scene of shows. And then there was like a more punk scene where that was like, um, I'm trying to think of bands like that would that would have been that like wasted time um like uh I guess now like a more modern example would be like like nosebleed in a sense um or like dry spell um unholy thoughts were all and those are that's like more on the like punk end of the spectrum um so and the the punk shows would always be like latest shit when when like i would be going to them in richmond so like our dry spell was like my favorite punk band in richmond like on that end of, the, of things and there was a show and they it was supposed to start at like 10 but of course it was running on like punk time and i don't think i ended up leaving until i don't think dry spell played until almost 2 a.m and i had to wake up at six so I didn't get home. I think I got home at like three thirty or something like that. And I was just so miserable the next day, but the show was so cool that I like didn't even care at all. You know? Yeah. That's wild. I hate, I hate punk time. <laughs> yeah, man. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. It's like, I wish I, I'm such like uh the way my personality is like, I am always on time to shit. It, it's like my friends will joke on me. Like they're like, all right, Eric will either bail completely on plans or like just bail on your ass for something or he will be there 15 minutes early like there's no in between like so like shit not being punctual like kills me kind of but i'm i'm used to it now dude i'm exactly the same way like i'd rather like not show up than be late <laughs> yes hundred i hate being late i don't it, my dad was in the navy um so i don't know and he like kind of like really i think instilled that like military like you will be like he basically was like you not being on time is like disrespectful of other people's time so like from an early age i was always like all right like if i'm if i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna be there early and like that's just how my life is you know what i mean (laughs) yeah no i I feel like that's a a good thing because um I don't really understand <laughs> like uh, like it's like if we, if we agree on this time like let's be there at that time you know exactly exactly yep yeah because it's just like oh if you want to show up later why don't we plan on going later instead of you just being late 
Yeah. I mean, that, that being said, like, I could say that, but, like, especially when it comes to, like, touring, pretty sure, like, Breakaway and, like, Holy Land and every band I've ever been in are, like, filled in for it. We've always been, like, so damn late to shows that it's, like, it's, like, that was just, like, how I always, like, it's, like, oh, shit, well, we're an hour late, so we now have to play, like, like two bands later than we're supposed to and everyone's going to be pissed off and we have to like run in and load our shit in and like play immediately upon getting to the venue and it's all like stressful but so i feel like we've been trying to get better at, at that as we've gotten older but like there's definitely a period of time when it, it was like chronic lateness to shows that was a problem yeah i used to play in a hardcore band and uh, we used to get booked out in um, Yuma, Arizona all the time. Uh, shout out my buddy Jeff okay. Yuma. And he was always nice and willing to put us on uh, shows. But they don't do the daylight savings time out there in Yuma. And oh, what? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they, they don't do it. So <laughs> I remember one time we were um, literally driving to the show and we didn't even think about it. And our buddy our Jeff calls me cause I was like the main contact. And he asked me, he's like, Oh, like where are you guys at? And I was like, Oh, we're about an hour out. Like what's up? And he's like, dude, we don't do daylight savings. Like you're late. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh shit. No. Yeah. So like we literally were late and he, he told me, he's like, Hey, he's like, I'm sorry. Like you're late, but like the tour package is here. So we have to like go on with the show. He's like, still come out. He's like, you guys have to headline and like i'll still pay oh, you that's rough yeah, yeah. And, and dude this is my little hardcore band that uh we had like a four song demo and he, we were headlining over death before dishonor dude and like oh, oh, dude, literally rough. everybody left except for uh like death before dishonor stayed two of my friends from arizona yep. stayed and then it was just my band and then my buddy jeff who put on the show and it was just so awkward like death before designer was literally just like sitting and like watching us play and then like our two friends were like moshing wow. it was just such a bad situation and like uh like I, I was just so embarrassed i was like this is so like i, I felt bad because everybody had to stay and wait and i was just like man like i, I wish we could have just not have played because like uh yeah, yeah it, it was just such an embarrassing situation but like i i, I seriously hated that I was like being late sucks yeah it's it's rough man the that's hilarious the probably the craziest like situation that happened with that was a uh, holy land like the first time we played it was actually the first time i think we played wilkes bear period and uh we were playing the show was like Strength for a Reason, Fire and Ice, um, and us, and I can't, I can't really remember the bands who opened, but, uh, oh, and I think, uh, what's that really heavy band? Oh, Lifeless. I think Lifeless played. Okay. Um, so we, we were like, I don't know why we were so late, but like, we were at one point, I'm pretty sure like two hours late to the show, and, oh. uh, basically at that point like we, we got a little bit closer to Wilkes-Barre and it's like really mountainous um in that area of that part of Pennsylvania and it's like really like twisting roads and like kind of sketchy to be driving around like at night quickly um and but our singer Parker he basically just was like yo like get like get out from behind the wheel I'm driving I'm gonna get us there right now and it was like nighttime and he no joke was driving for like an hour straight going at least 95 hour miles an hour like on 
like probably 50 mile an hour speed limit roads down like twisting mountain, you know, highway. And, uh, like every single turn, we're all like pressing our feet into the ground, like, like wishing we could break. It was so fucking scary. And we get to the venue and we realize he drove that entire way without the headlights on too. He didn't realize it. He just had them off. That's scary. So like in just, I cannot believe we, we made it there in one piece. But yeah, we, we basically got there and like our first impression, like we got put onto this awesome show and our first impression is being like two hours late and hopping out of the van, literally running inside with our instruments, immediately plugging in and immediately playing. Like I think there was like five minutes from when we parked the van to like me like playing guitar. <laughs> so it was it was like a nightmare, but it it was all good. That's insane. Yeah. Um, never again <laughs> I always uh, forget about uh, Fire and Ice I remember uh, I had a buddy who went to the Great American Hardcore Fest back in like 2008 yeah. and he called me and he was like hey he's like uh, he's like I, I'm at the, the uh, bracewear table and they have a, a shirt from like th- this band that they're doing do you want it and I was like, I don't know. Is it cool? And he's like, yeah, it, it says fire and ice. It, it, it looks pretty awesome. So he picked it up for me. Oh, and yeah. I, I guess it was like one of the first shirts fire and ice has like had ever like printed. And I, I still have it to this day. And I, 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 I keep it in my closet because I, I seriously love that band so much. Dude. Yeah. They, they, um, the, uh, Groder in MAD pretty much wrote all the fire and ice songs. He was in that band. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, they, they were like, they were like probably they were definitely one of my favorite favorite bands to come out of Richmond. Like, I kind of started going to shows right when they started, so like you know they were like a constant in my life. And uh, I mean, Not of This Earth and like that first album they put out, those are all like classics to me. Like the music's amazing. Yeah, it was I different. wish like I wish the and they have a whole they have a whole unreleased LP. You know, like I mean, unfortunately, like they broke up and their singer kind of went off the deep end with some shit um, and they couldn't continue on with him. But uh, it's like, I really wish they had been able to put out the LP cause it's fucking crazy. Like it's, they're an amazing band and I would, you know, I wish they could still be around. I think they'd be huge. Dude. I think you need to release the LP. <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to get it from Groder when he's had a few too many beers to drink and I'll, I'll put it out online and just see what happens. Yeah, it'll, it'll just uh, it'll just kind of trickle down. Like, all right, hey guys, yeah, uh, yeah. Here's I, the LP. No one will know. Yeah, how many tracks is it? It's it's like it's like a full LP. It's like ten ten songs or something like that. It's it's. I mean, I've heard little bits of it, and it's fucking crazy. So it, it's just like it's it's such a shame that 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 never came out. But oh well, shit happens, I guess. Dude, it's so strange. So um, last night I was uh, at Disneyland with my buddy Garrett. Like we literally like sitting down eating dinner and yeah, I get a text from one of my friends and he's like, hey, check this out and let me know what you think. And he he, he sends me this, uh, this I, I guess it's a demo. It's like a four song thing that, that he sent me. And he's like, check it out. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, where did this come from? And I was like, whatever. Like, so I, I, I listened to it and um. And it's like, okay. And, and I'm being very vague. Cause I'm not sure like, uh, 
how public I, I can speak about this, but um, he, sure. he 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 sent it to me, and I listened to it, and I described it as like a new age version of a previous band that he was in. And he was like, oh, okay. he's like, he's like, I uh, liked how you described that because the guitar player from that band wrote this. This is um, stuff that we've been sitting on for years. I just never tracked vocals and I just tracked vocals and uh, and I just wanted you to check it out. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, this is crazy. And uh, yeah, it, it was just, it's just crazy to me that like like there's like, you know, that much good music that's like not even out yet. And it's just like blows yeah. my mind because like there's so many talented people in hardcore. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, it's it's um ca- kind of on like a sim like you're talking about like sitting on demos. Um real quick, I, I just have to say I so like right before not right before I moved, but like maybe I don't know, 4 years ago, me I uh my friend Nick Miller hit me up and he plays in uh Division of Mind and Bent Life. Okay. And he had just moved to Richmond and he was like, "Yo, like I've got I've got these songs that are kind of like super touch vibe um and I want to sing on it and I and like I want you to play guitar and so we made we made like a whole ass band that was like he was supposed to sing I played guitar Flizza from Fire and Ice uh and I guess he put yeah he plays in Naysayer now as well um he was like on drums he's like an insane drummer Foster uh, who played in like Brace War? He played in Cold World for a, for a minute. Uh, he was playing bass, and it was fucking sick. And we just never did anything with it. Like Nick never tracked vocals. Uh, so this is. I just want this to be like a public record that that exists, and I want to publicly shame Nick Miller for never tracking vocals on this like sick demo that's just sitting like I don't know in his closet somewhere on like a USB drive, but. Dang. Oh well. That, that's <laughs> yeah. wild to hear. Um, you know, yeah. I, uh, I I actually had to deal with uh, Nick Miller uh, this past Sound and Fury. Oh really? Yeah, because uh, so uh, I, I had to deliver some some merch because uh, I I got some uh, Division of Mine jerseys and I had to deliver them oh, to yeah. him. Yeah, so uh, it was the only time I ever met him. He, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he he's he's hilarious. Shout out to uh division of mind and Ben life. I love those bands. Well, dang it. And did you just kind of, kind of get over it let it fizzle out or like, how come he <laughs> yeah. never did vocals? That's we, so strange. We had like, we had like a group chat for the band and me and, and uh, Flizza would be like, so like, are you going to do vocals or like, it's just not a thing. And then it was kind of just like, okay, I guess this is never happening. And then I moved away. So, <laughs> just one of those things like he, we we almost got it there but maybe someday we'll we'll go back and do it maybe maybe he's just waiting for the right time <laughs> yeah yeah he he's a busy guy he uh he's got dom he does a little bit of ben life stuff he does all this crazy sign painting he's he's a mad talented dude so he's busy i get it it's all good we it's like that's another thing like just get like we were talking about earlier it's like you grow older like you don't really have time to even go to all the shows like nevertheless do like a whole other band it's like a huge effort you know so i get it when when it's when it's hard to not play every show or meet up to practice it's like i get it you just get older uh, you know different you get different priorities so for sure i i find myself constantly trying to figure out how i'm gonna you know divide up my time 
and try to get everything yeah. done in the 24 hours that we have every day. And yeah, and it sucks because like I because I love doing the podcast and this is something that I love doing and uh, make a priority. So like yeah, I do the podcast. And I'm like okay, it, you know that's like X amount of hours that is done re- just recording, and then I'm like okay, right. I, I I also have to you know carve out time to edit, and then. I'm like, all right, so I'm left with like this amount of time left. I'm like, shit, like I want to hang out with my friends. I want to sit at home and like yeah. you know, watch these like random shows on Netflix or like I want to play the the video game that I just bought two weeks ago that I've never yeah. even booted up. It's just like, exactly. yeah, it, it's insane. So it's just like there's uh, not enough hours in the day. Yeah, I mean, the, just you doing this like this podcast is a huge time commitment. I can I can imagine. Yeah. So shout out for for making the effort. Like you could easily, you know, it's like. As soon as you get a full-time job, you start to realize how easy it would be to just be one of those dudes who, like, you go to work, you get home, you watch TV, you eat dinner, you go to sleep, and then you do it all over again every day. For Like, the, like that's just a reality for so many people. So, like, it, you know, it's, like, it's so easy to fall into that pit. And I think, like, you doing something like this or going to shows, making bands, doing, like, literally anything creative that's not just, like, sitting on our asses and like ingesting media i think is like so positive and i think so many people like lose that as they get older yeah i I definitely get that i was very uh afraid in the very beginning on how this whole thing could turn out because i I feel like sometimes i'm afraid of uh you know success i I guess that's like the word to the best word to describe it and like whatever this yeah. is not like crazy crazy successful but like um it, I, I can definitely tell that it's having like an impact on people like i i see some of the analytics and people are tuning in every week which still blows my mind and i'm still very thankful that people do uh tune in every week and listen to me talk to um whoever i have on for the week it's 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 really awesome and uh I, you know, credit the, the people who are willing to give their time to come on, uh, you know, for doing it. Cause without that, like I could go back to how I used to do it. Cause, uh, early, early days, I, I used to just, uh, tell stories about my day, which is not that interesting. So, so like these conversations are like, like are, are the ones that I live for. And I feel like are the ones that people should be listening to. So, uh, I'm yeah, very, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm happy to, to do this and, and it, it does take work, but I'm, it's work that I'm willing to do because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy being able to talk to people about the music and get a little more personal and then just share these conversations. It's, it's, it's something fun and I enjoy, and I, I definitely do enjoy it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a sick attitude. And, and I think like this is a, I think podcasts are like a really cool medium. Um, I think it's, I think it's just cool hearing, people no matter who they are just have like just like have a conversation that's not scripted and just like hear about a different slice of life than your own so it's really cool yeah and especially when it's um having to do with things that you're interested or involved with i feel like that makes it like way more fun yeah for sure yeah well um damn well i feel like this is a good place to to end that because that was like a, a really positive note yeah, honestly, yeah, we're we're getting real inspirational here. Um, well, Eric, I, I feel it's I feel like at some point in the future our paths will cross. Um, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. gotta you gotta come out to uh, you gotta come up to New York or like come out to uh, United Blood or something like that. 
Okay. Maybe. Okay. United Blood, not possible this year, but uh, I, I definitely want to do it next year. You got to show me around. Uh, yeah, you. You got to take me to. Uh, is uh, 4th Street still a thing? It, <laughs> it is not. It is not, unfortunately. Okay. All the all the spots in the DTN song have changed. Okay. Um, all right. But well. there's still plenty of really cool spots. It's it's an amazing city. United Blood is like, I mean, I'm biased because I'm from there, but like the the vibe of the fest, like every fest I've played is cool um, or I've been to is cool, like for their own reasons. But the vibe of United Blood is like unlike any other. So you definitely got to make it out. Okay. So my vision is I, I go out to Richmond we link up, we hit up uh, Jamie yeah. Davis, we go steal that Fire and Ice LP, jam out, <laughs> we jam out to that record all the way to United Blood, then enjoy the whole weekend at the fest. Yeah. Perfect. That that's uh, that's what we'll do then. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll put it in my calendar for uh, 2021, and I'll I'll make sure to follow through with it. All right. Let's get it. Okay. And before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, yeah, I want to, I want to shout out Edgewood Records. I want to shout out, um, any of the bands on it. Uh, big shout out to Combust. I think that's a really sick, if you haven't tuned into them, they're like probably my favorite active, like younger band from New York. They're fucking awesome. They just put out an LP with Edgewood and they put out like a new song recently. They're fucking sick. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting like a ton of shit, but yeah, just, I mean, shout out to the normal shit. All my friends, uh, I'm um, shout out to you for doing this at all. Um, it's really cool. And yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Jamie or Kate podcast. Always on top.